touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Join Josh and Chuck, the guys who bring you stuff you should know, as they take a trip around the world to help you get smarter in a topsy-turvy economy. Check out the all-new Super Stuff Guide to the Economy from HowStuffWorks.com, available now exclusively on iTunes. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com, and sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there! And uh, I think we have some official business to get to. We do. Very official. Yes. Well, at least not quite official at the moment, but it's going to be official very soon. And this is uh, you know, for, our, for our listeners in other countries. Um, please humor us. We're going to talk about the United States specifically in this podcast because uh, – our president Barack Obama has decided to um, to to create a couple of new positions in his cabinet that are going to undoubtedly have an effect on the way we access the internet, uh, the way internet um, is uh, well, kind of oversight of the internet from a government level. Uh, lots of different things that are going to really have an impact on us as consumers. That's right. Um, and this is a complete departure from the past. I mean, um, among the things that the former president, George W. Bush, was criticized for was not being very technical. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of well known now that, uh, Barack Obama's presidential campaign was extremely technical. He was everywhere on Facebook and on Twitter and all sorts of other social media, recruiting uh, volunteers, trying to get votes. Um, And, uh, you know, it was a a bit of a culture shock for some of the uh, staffers when they entered the White House, um, because, you know, by nature, the uh, the federal government has to be, especially in the White House, it has to be somewhat restrictive as far as uh, technological policies, because, you know, if some of the stuff were to leak, you know, state secrets, that's some pretty serious stuff. You don't want just bouncing around on the Internet. Yeah, I've seen the documentary 24 and uh, according to that, it's really dangerous to let that information get out. Also, the there's always a mole. There's, there's always, always a, mole. a mole. Really? Yeah. I, that's a completely different Every show. Every season. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what we're getting at here is way back in November 2007, then-Senator Barack Obama announced that he intended that, uh, if he were elected, to appoint a chief technology officer, or CTO. And um, that was – that was, you know, a big deal. And of course, now he has been elected. He has not yet, as of the recording of this podcast, appointed a CTO, but he has appointed a chief information officer or CIO. And, um, actually, uh, that kind of relieves me in a way. Um, and I'll tell you why. Okay. It's, it's because the, the parameters for, for the job of CTO were so wide that I was convinced no single person could accomplish all of those tasks. But if he has a CIO and a CTO, then some of those duties can be split across two different people and suddenly it becomes much more manageable. Um, and uh, and some of those duties included here. I, I've got a list actually from – this is from Congress. OK. It's a congressional report. So uh, the first role – would explicitly explicitly articulate on President Obama's earlier campaign and transition websites might be described as 
a Supra chief information officer with the mission of using information technology to improve the delivery of government services, increasing transparency of government policymaking, and opening channels for increased citizen participation in government, as well as ensuring that the nation's information and communications infrastructure is robust and secure. In this capacity, a CTO would also ensure that best practices are identified, shared, and implemented across agencies. That's one role. (laughs) Role number two. It might be described as an advocate for technological innovation in support of national interests such as economic growth, job creation, improvements to quality of life, national defense, and homeland security. Some have speculated that President Obama might charge a CTO with a wider scope of responsibilities, including development and advocacy of national ICT policies like net neutrality and broadband access, technology policies intended to spur innovation and economic growth, intellectual property enforcement, and oversight of a federally-backed venture capital fund to support deployment of clean technologies. So that's a tall order. Yep, yep. Um, And another one of the reasons that I read about uh, was basically to promote the use of broadband in underserved areas. Oh, yeah, yeah. The United States is 15th in broadband penetration, about uh, 23 out of every 100 people are served with some sort of broadband, at least according to the uh, Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. So, I mean, there's a lot to do as far as uh, getting technology, especially Internet technology, more widespread use in the United States. So let's start. Let's break this down and talk about both of these in turn. We'll start with the chief information officer. I blogged about this guy earlier, so I should be able to talk about him a little bit. So you've got the information on the chief information officer. Yes, I even have his correct title. He'd uh, (laughs) he'd be proud of you. Yes, I I would hope so. His name is Vivek Kundra. And uh, okay, here's where I get a little ill because Vivek is the same age as yours truly. Really? I'm the same age as the United States Chief Information Officer. No, 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 no. I'm older than you. I know you're older than I am, so you're older than the United States Chief Information Officer. I'm going to retire after this podcast. I know. Isn't that incredible? Okay, so granted, now when you're talking about things like the internet, IT, infrastructure, that kind of stuff, uh, you really are looking for people who have their their finger on the pulse of what's going on right now. So I guess it kind of makes sense that he's going young with this. It's just kind of sobering when you start seeing people who are in charge of of uh, very important positions who are the same age or younger than you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start questioning what you've done with your life. Anyway, so he's uh, 34 years old. Um, he was born in New Delhi. Then his family migrated to Tanzania. And then at age 11, he moved to the United States. And before he was appointed the chief information officer of the United States, he was the uh, CTO, the chief technology officer for the District of Columbia. And so that's he was actually in charge of 86 different agencies there. Um, he was they, they all reported to him essentially in his role as CTO. And before that, he was the assistant secretary of commerce and technology for the Commonwealth of Virginia. So yeah. he's held some pretty serious high-end tech positions. And this is a man who knows his stuff. And he's already come out and talked about the sort of things that he wants to do as the CIO of the United States. And it's a big list. Um, part of that is like we, we talked about transparency earlier. That was one of the things that Congress said Barack Obama wanted in his CTO. Well, it looks like the CIO is going to handle that part of the equation. Uh, and when we're talking about transparency, we're saying that 
it, it will be his responsibility to make sure that public information is easily available to the citizens of the United States, that it you don't have to jump through hoops in order to find information that should be publicly available. Mm-hmm. Uh, to that end, he's trying to establish a, a website called data.gov, which will kind of be a clearinghouse of all this information, hopefully organized in such a way that it's easy to navigate and find exactly what you're looking for. So th- this is a big deal. I mean, it's going to theoretically give the average citizen a chance to see the decision-making process that go that's involved in creating policies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that this really does fall in line with what Barack Obama had done previously, his idea of communicating to the people and making things as clear as possible so that the people know what what their elected officials are doing and why they're doing it. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, we'll – People will elect an official based upon a, poly, a, a party affiliation, right? And and maybe a few policies. Like you, you happen to know that person's stance on a particular issue, but beyond that, we kind of let them do their thing, and then we get upset when uh, tax time comes around, and then you know that we <laughs> we get more upset when elections come around, and we decide to throw one group out and bring another group in. But we don't tend to build a lot of understanding of what's going on right. throughout that time. Right. This is an attempt to change that, which I, I, I mean, now granted, a huge responsibility is going to fall upon the American citizens to make sure that they actually take advantage of these opportunities. But it, it's a huge step, I think. That's true. And, um, it's been notoriously difficult over the past few years to get at a lot of this information. Um, you know, things that should be available via the Freedom of Information Act. Um, you know, simply because it's, it's, you know, not ready for, uh, for public consumption. Right. Uh, you know, in a pu- public area. So this is, this is a serious, um, serious step. Yeah. And, and th- now granted, there's no guarantee that we're going to see a decrease in things like, uh, citing executive privilege oh, or sure. anything like that. I mean, there's still going to be opportunities for politicians to keep information held back based on numerous kinds of criteria. Yeah, you know, state um, secrets and all kinds of other things that are going to, you know, prevent it from being published. Right. So or at so least we, immediately being published. So time will tell whether or not this this uh, data.gov site will really be a great tool, but it's it's I'm being I'm trying to be optimistic about it because it sounds to me like it could really be an incredible development. Well, I'm I'm interested to know who the CTO is going to be. Boy, you and everybody else. You know, uh looking at a at the Business Week website, um, I saw an article last fall and they had some pretty, uh, you know, because Senator Obama at that time had made public that he wanted a CTO right. if he were elected president. Sure. And so they started floating some names around. I mean, people like, uh, Google CEO Eric Schmidt, who, uh, actually pulled his name out of the running last fall. Uh, Vint Cerf. Also another Google guy. Yes, the chief internet evangelist. One of the fathers of the internet. Oh yeah, and, and that too. Yeah. Uh, Steve Ballmer, Microsoft CEO, yeah. and uh, you know, <laughs> fan of all the developers, 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 developers. 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 Um, Jeff Bezos. Ah, oh, yes, that's Amazon.com, right? Yes, it is. Amazon. Wow, look at that. And uh, you know, Ed Felton from Princeton University. Uh, I've heard of it. <laughs> and Lawrence Lessig uh, from the uh, Stanford University Center for the Internet and Society, also of Creative Commons fame. Right. Uh, you know, all those people's names have been mentioned. And uh, just in January, they were mentioning two names that were very probable. Um, one of them was uh, Vivek Kundra. Yeah, who is now the CIO. 
wait a minute, that leaves one name. Yeah. Who would uh, be a Padmasri warrior? Yes. The um, CTO I am the of- warrior fame? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, she's the uh, CTO of Cisco, formerly oh, right, of right, Motorola. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with some seriously uh, impressive credentials of her own. Now, so – if the CIO is really in charge of uh, information infrastructure right. and transparency uh-huh. and making sure to promote these sort of things, the CTO, what is the CTO going to do? This is a good question. There's not not been a lot of discussion, official discussion from uh, Obama's administration to really lay out all the different um the, the different job duties that the CTO would have. Right. Uh, we can we can make some assumptions. I mean it. Uh, Perhaps forming policies on things like, uh, like technology, uh, innovation and, um, even things like net neutrality, that sort of thing. They may be able to, to shape, uh, national policy on those matters. Uh, but also other things like, uh, kind of investigating sort of the, the, what kind of technology the government can use. Mm-hmm. Um, Pushing that boundary a little further. And also another important role will be trying to help create more jobs in the technology field within the United States. And um, just today when we're recording this podcast, I saw a report from CNET. Oh, yes. Yeah, this was very depressing, actually. Especially if you're in the tech sector. And you're looking for a job. Because according to CNET, uh, tech job postings fell 40.4% in March uh, uh, over – year ago figures. Right. And, uh, and also most of those cuts came from full time positions. So if you're out of a job and you're looking for something in the tech industry, um, there are a lot fewer jobs out there being posted than there were a year ago. Right. Uh, this is a huge problem. And I mean, it's, it's not surprising because the economy has been so in so much trouble recently, but it's, and also you've heard of course about all the thousands and thousands of, of uh, layoffs that various companies have had to do, sure. including companies that had never laid off employees before. That's true. Uh, like Microsoft and Google both historically had never really done any of these mass employee layoffs until late 2008, early 2009. So that's a tall order for the CTO. Um, I wish whomever holds that position the best of luck. Well, one thing uh, about these positions is um, they're going to have an opportunity to shape what the next CIO and CTO do because, um, you know, as the originators in these positions, they're going to have, you know, people are going to look to what they do, you know, in successive administrations, you know, assuming that the next president keeps those two cabinet level positions in place. Um, you know, they're going to have a lot of influence on the technological future of the country and the way the government and technology industries interact with one another. Right. So, uh, you know, they, they, this is not something to be taken lightly. I also kind of hope that the CTO and the CIO can work together to to kind of uh, really take a real close look at the way certain mega corporations are kind of throwing their weight around and essentially dictating what political policy is in the in the realms of the internet mm-hmm. i'm talking here about isps i'm talking about like the packet sniffing and net neutrality n- that would be it or maybe the riaa or the mpaa yep, yep i mean we're talking about gigantic organizations that have been able to pretty much shape the way uh the us law uh handles handles uh situations over the internet or, or uh, you know defining what is a crime versus what is not a crime uh and you know it's almost like the 
like they're 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 making up the rules. Right. It'd be nice to have some people who really know the the whole background and can really look at the big picture and define what the rules are. Now maybe those rules won't be the same ones that I would like to see, but at least I know that it would be coming from a more impartial party. Well, and it's uh it's true too that the FCC has had a hand in a lot of this in the past, but right. it's really sort of been uh, a different role than what the CIO and CTO would do, uh, would take in this right. case, because, uh, they're going to be a lot more hands on. The FCC has, um, their fingers in a lot more different kinds of communication. Yeah. Um, it's true. And it's sort of a, I don't know, a peripheral role in some, in some ways. It's, you know, it's not the same, uh, as it would be for, for these guys who are going to be completely focused on, you know, tech and the internet. Yeah. And I do have one more hope. What's that? Uh, for, for them. Hopefully they can get this straightened out. I really hope that somebody can identify who took that poor walrus's bucket. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that, that bucket has been missing for quite some time. It has. And that Someone walrus sold it. is in a lot of distress. I know. I've seen pictures. Uh huh. Many of them. I can't believe you brought that up, Paul. <laughs> I, I'm really surprised that you can't believe I brought that up. Well, I was also going to say on a more serious note oh, okay. that uh, they do have a big job ahead of them. And, of mm. course, not all of these questions will be answered very quickly because when you think about Internet, of course, is a global entity. It does not belong to the United States. Um, and there's a lot of lawlessness on there that just comes from being a multinational entity made up of basically a whole bunch of individual people. Right. So so. There are going to be so. some limitations they'll be working with just based upon what the internet is. So not to mention just getting started. Yeah, it's kind of and it's, they're not building on anybody else's work. Right. Or, this is you know it's, it's yeah, so much it's of, of Obama's administration is really all about building from the ground up that it's sometimes really overwhelming. Yeah. Um. I can't. I'll, I'll be amazed. I'm really looking forward to seeing where we are in four years just to see how much of that is successful. Because to me, when I look at it, it just looks so monumental that I can't even imagine it. Yeah, l- lest we sound uh, partial, um, you know, honestly, I think these positions are would be useful to anybody, you know, Democrat, Republican, Tory, Whig. Right. Uh, Federalist. You know, Federalist. Yeah. You know, anarchist. Maybe. Well, maybe Maybe not even like libertarian. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, these are <laughs> – you know, so many of us depend on technology. I think this is a good step for anybody to to put into practice. It's much better than so. ignoring it. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. So, uh, well, that was a that was a good discussion on the old CTO and CIO. So that brings us to uh oh, listener mail. I so gotta bring my earplugs. So, listener mail. This one comes from Matt, and Matt says, Hi, Matt. Hey there. That's my line, Matt. So I listened to your episode on niche social networks, and I have one that is growing very fast, MyLeaky.com. It springs off of the Harry Potter news site, the Uh LeakyCauldron.org, and it has been growing steadily since January. Well, we have a few Harry Potter fans in the office, so uh, I'm going to spread this information around so that we can see how many of them, uh, you know, brandished their wands online, so to speak. Maybe I should have worded that differently. I think you might have. Oh, well, too late now. (laughs) 
If any of you would like to send any comments or suggestions or corrections or anything of that nature to us, you can do that at techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Remember, we also have blogs at blogs.howstuffworks.com slash category slash techstuff. And you can find a lot of this information on our website, howstuffworks.com. We will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 